I'm so sorry. Hello, noise. No, you're good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. My, I'm sorry. Right when you started, my dad it's is okay. Coming. No, you're my good. My dad's listening to Arabic music, so I hope it's not like leaking in. <laughs> you're no, literally cool. fine. Uh, What's no, up, I'm everybody? Weird around in the kingdom. Um, damn. What's the intro? We're here with Joseph. Joseph, how you doing? <laughs> hey, I'm doing good. I'm so sorry, guys. You're good. So happy to be here. You know, just got back home. Excited to be here, obviously. From you saw in the intro, it's not the same as LA. So I can't wait to thank you guys for having me. Yes. So um, speaking of you being back home, there's like, you know, you went and you played Big Brother. You were there for eight. No, well, you were in the jury house. You were in the game for 80-something days. You got mm -hmm. out and there's kind of like a, you know, a period of time where you kind of have to decompress from all of that stress. Um, do you want to just talk about how it was trying to get back into the real world? Like you just got home recently. How was that process transferring from playing the Big Brother game, being in the house to now being outside with all of the, you know, turmoil? Oh, my God. So one thing is like, uh, again, it looks like expect the unexpected is going to haunt me for the rest of my life. So <laughs> obviously going into the house as an alternate, not expecting it, you know, I, I'm I'm from like you. I, I'm not used like Taylor and I talk about this all the time. It's like, you know, I, I'm not you. I love interacting with the fans i love the support i love the love uh but it's something i'm definitely not used to so like you know getting out like taylor and i went to disney just going to random places and getting stopped is so overwhelming but in a good way because like i i've never had an experience like this beforehand like you know just i was like under the radar studying all the time like low profile and it's definitely a different experience like interacting with the fans you know i try to you know, navigate and prioritize the love and the support. The messages I receive are so heartwarming. It's been such a roller coaster. And fortunately, I have a great support system between my friends, my family, Taylor. Like, it's just been an amazing experience up until now. Yeah, because y'all are definitely feeding the Jailer stands. Like, we are. Oh, 100%. We, we are... give them crumbs. We give them crumbs. We're not... Sometimes we fill them up, but majority of the time it's just crumbs. That's the, the crumbs are enough. They be no, literally. That's it. Just enough to survive. So, so I did kind of want to go a little bit into the game because, you know, the running joke is that when you were 24, you know, you were paying kind of more on the, um, the pacified. My frontal cortex didn't fully develop. It developed <laughs> and and I kind of just want to, I just kind of want to ask, like, so how intentional was that strategy? Because I know, like, in the earlier weeks, you were scaring me, Joseph, because you were saying things like, you know, I, I want to just be loyal to the core. I'm ready to just uh, trust everybody. I was like, yeah. I was so, scared. You know, you know what's funny? I think, like, the good, I went in that house, Um, you know, I really try to maintain who I was as a person as much as I can be. So like one key characteristic to me is, you know, loyalty, trustworthiness. And I tried to maintain that in the big brother house, although it's not really complimented or favored. And mm -hmm. my concept on this was going in. Um, I really wanted to find people that I could work with. So that's why while I'm 24, hilariously, I'm staying under the radar and I'm really getting to know people. I'm just like, you know, only one person can win big brother, but it takes a team to get to the end. So I want to pick the right people to be on my team. That's kind of my philosophy going forward. And that's why I'm just testing the water of really get to know anybody. Um, people who just wanted to immediately, oh my God, my dad is wilding with the music. Uh, people who just wanted, 
people who just wanted to immediately jump into alliances with basically strangers at this point, I just felt wasn't feasible and there was no longevity to it. So I really wanted to wait for an opportunity for Joseph to get to know everybody that he wants to work with and then, you know, stay true to it. And that's primarily my thing. The one real alliance I, I, I join in creating is the one I stick to towards the end, which I think, you know, backs up the philosophy that I'm like, I'm going to pick my people and I'm going to stick to these people regardless, whether there's like, and it's not easy, you know, of course, like there's every incentive, but there's no rule book to big brother. So, and I, I remember saying this, maybe the feeds were down. I was just like, you know, even if it's the high road, even if it's the most di more difficult, even if it's the stupid decision to trust these people to work hard, um, I want to push that narrative. You know, I don't want to incentivize betrayal, although big brother does, you know, it's accepted, but that's just because we let it be accepted, you know? So I kind of wanted to change the narrative slightly. It might've been wishful thinking, but um, I wanted, of course it's notorious. Like in Big Brother, like what the cookout did was amazing. Getting these, getting all those people towards the end is hard because at every opportunity you're incentivized to betray, lie and cheat, but you have to pick the harder route, which is why I have so much respect for the cookout because they did that. And I was hoping, you know, the leftovers could do the same and again, I guess that's because the majority of my familiarity was with season 23. I, it was a little wishful thinking, but you know, mm -hmm. I believed in us. Oh my God, Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. This no, is, you're no, good. Okay. He was like, why aren't you coming home? I was like, this is why. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. But it's interesting you said that you were like this um, analyzing and thinking about which people you wanted to work with. Was there someone in particular or were there people in particular you were like, I don't really want to work with this person. We know you kind of had people you did want to work with, like you ended up with the leftovers. But yeah. was there someone you were like, ooh, it's giving not an ally? <laughs> yeah, um, I will say as the time progressed, I, I think people I definitely, after, you know, some outbursts, I don't want to name any names, but there were certain circumstances <laughs> in the house that um, I, I tried to play with players who were very good at controlling their emotions. And, Taylor obviously was probably the best person in the house at doing that. Mm -hmm. And that's why she like rose high on my priority list of someone I wanted to work with along with like other people in the house. But I mean, I'll leave it to y'all to, you know, okay. make an educated decision. Anyone who I felt like was playing with a little too much emotion. I tried to prevent myself from playing with. I... <laughs> You're fine. We actually cannot hear like, it really. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, perfect. I'm like, in the background. I'm like giving him a look and he's like about to put, put make it louder because I'm like <laughs> So yeah, this so uh, um so specifically when it comes to uh creating the leftovers, because you know they try they really play it in your face in the edit. They yeah. really tried to give it to, you know, some other person. Um, so, you know, so I kind of want to hear, like, specifically during that week, um, what, what do you feel like your main contributions to the Alliance were? Because I do feel like you were a big part in creating it. Most definitely. And, of course, I, I, I haven't seen much from the live feed. I've been primarily just watching, and I'm still in the beginning of the show. And um, I felt like a lot of it had to do with me speaking and sharing the same narrative with, me 
Miss Vicky can share. Mama. <laughs> me speaking. I'm so sorry, guys. My it's dad. okay. <laughs> uh, me speaking and sharing the same narrative as other house guests. So I wanted to vocalize to other people I felt were in similar situ- the situation as me. And maybe they felt it alone. Maybe I made them aware of it, which is why I would never take credit of fully creating the leftovers. But my primary objective is people I thought were on the outskirts of the house. I wanted us to recognize this and act on it. My birthday was that awakening moment. I did progressively notice where I stood in the house, although no one's really informing me and I'm in the outskirts in those first two episodes. This is, you know, uh, evidenced by the fact that, you know, I do warn Pooch, although no one is really talking game to me at this point. Mm -hmm. And that's just me being perceptive and observant of my surroundings. And, um, uh, (laughs) well, you want to So, I, uh, I'm very perceptive and observant of my surroundings. And in doing so, I'm just like, you know what, I need this opportunity. I need this moment to, you know, try to turn the wave with a bunch of other people who agree with me. And that's the night of my birthday with the leftovers. Um, I think a lot of my prior, uh, my initiative was getting us all in the same room. I remember I heard about Fajita Gate and, you know, me begging Taylor. When the leftovers are filling Taylor in, I kind of swap with her to divert the house. So Taylor and everyone is upstairs. I'm the only one not there for the discussion because I'm trying to divert the house. And I think that week, certain house guests were very perceptive of me wanting to work with other house guests, specifically Taylor. And they're on my radar. I remember telling the leftovers like, Hey guys, if this gets exposed, like I think, you know, I might take the downfall for it. And if I end up going home ultimately because of this Alliance creation, um, not that I did it myself, but that, you know, the way I've been moving and the conversations I've been having might, you know, direct the other side of the house attention towards me if i get put up because of it and i end up going home like at least like please you guys just keep pushing forward um i remember saying that and they you know reassured me no none of us are going home home this alliance is going to make it forward i would love if someone could clip that i don't know if the live feeds have it um but yeah i feel like uh, as long everyone had their influence in the creation of the leftovers and you know some more than others but ultimately it was a group effort that i'm so proud of mm-hmm yeah, so it was interesting watching you play because I remember hearing you speak about um, being diagnosed with ADHD and being someone who's neurodivergent. And I have ADHD. And I remember last season, Kylan um, talked about that. And I just feel like it's interesting to see you guys play the game. And I kind of wanted to ask, like, how did being neurodivergent affect your experience? And what advice would you have for someone in the future, like me, who would like possibly play the game? Um, on how to kind of manage being in that house with um, something like ADHD? So that's a great question. And I love so much like how, you know, it's getting normalized by people like Kyle and Brittany bringing up this conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's the best question, the best answer I would say, which applies to in the house and out the house is just know what works for you and vocalize it beforehand. So there's a better understanding of how to handle you know, these situations. So for me personally, this is something like, I'm sure you guys can tell a lot of my energy, a lot of my pacing, a lot of my fast speaking is a result of the ADHD. And I try to vocalize that to the house guests just so like, you know, it's not easy for many people. It can become overwhelming. It can come off strong. I'm sure you can relate. And a lot of your thought process is usually running quicker. Like um, a huge reason I finished law school early and I have difficulty watching TV and Taylor laughs at me for this all the time is I have to watch everything at two or three times speed in Mm. order for me to stay engaged or entertained. So it's just 
slow adjustments like that, I would say just let people know their audience, know what they're working with, know who they're dealing with and make small adjustments. That's why exercise is such a huge and big part of my life is because, you know, I, I can, you know, divert that energy elsewhere and it can calm me down as well as, you know, I try meditating. I try a lot of focusing. Um, I try to stay away from medicative approaches, of course, to each their own. But me personally, I try to maintain like a more holistic, you know, um, approach such as like meditation or exercise. And it, that doesn't work for everybody. And I completely understand that. But I would say, you know, keep an open mind and keep trying until you figure out what works for you. Like it took me a while to figure this out, which is why I struggled so much with school initially. And then once, you know, I went to therapy, I got assistance. It changed my life so much for the better. And there's just small adjustments you can make. Like I mentioned, for example, like with videos, watching it at two, three times speed. Um, and with audios, like if I'm reading, I usually will play an audio with it as well to really focus or narrow me in. And um, it's been so helpful. So I definitely think just allowing people to recognize who you are and why you are the way people are a lot more receptive once they have that information. And then again, you know, just normalizing it, please go on big brother and, you know, make it the more of us that go out there, the more of us that we show, this is how we are. This is why we are the way we are. People can be very receptive to it. I'm sorry, but my dad and the neighbor's dog. <laughs> <Okay>. like... <laughs> uh, you're good. You're good. <laughs> yeah. And I really appreciate that. I really do. Thank you so much for the advice. Um, we see that. <laughs> we see I'm that sorry, during the season, you um you are very big representation because not only are you neurodivergent, but you are an Arab man. And yes. it's it's so fun watching because you know it's it's rare when we see representation from Middle Eastern people on TV in general. Um, and then especially on reality TV. So Absolutely. and we saw we saw this season that you were an alternate, like you weren't even originally yeah. on the cast. So we might have not even had this representation. Absolutely. So how do you feel about that? And how do you feel about that moving forward with Big Brother reality TV, TV in general, um, when it comes to representation for your community? Absolutely. Of course, diversity is a huge huge reason why I got on the show. It's a huge part of my life. It's something I extremely support. And I'm, I'm a very big advocate for inclusion, diversity. And I think that I was so appreciative of Big Brother to give it me this opportunity. I swear one of the reasons when they told me, hey, Joseph, we need you to go in, I was reluctant because I was like, this is going to pause my life. And I'm in the beginning of my legal career. I have an exam pending in like two, three weeks. And I was like, you know, if not you, then who, which is why I have so much respect for Kaser and all people of color who like, you know, come to the show and break that narrative. If you watch big brother from the first couple seasons, and then you watch it to my season, the casting is completely different. Mm -hmm. And I love the, I love the progression. I think it's such an amazing narrative. You know, where do people get a lot of their perceptions and information is the tv so i think the more we can normalize the tv and the more we can include diversity and inclusion the better it is for society so mm. for me it was a big reason because you know in in media whenever you hear an arab or a middle eastern person on the tv or on the news it's not necessarily positive if ever and you know i've had a lot of experiences growing up in security situation, airport situations, amusement parks, where I faced a lot of difficulty because of stereotypes. And I really want to push against that narrative. And Big Brother was an amazing opportunity for that because you guys just watched an Arab person live. And even now, I mean, you're watching 
me now. Like, uh, a lot of my mannerisms, a lot of the hospitality, a lot of the kindness, the loyalty comes from the fact of how I was raised. And I don't think I hear a lot of, you know, comments that there's a lot of overlaps between me and Kaser, who's an amazing human being. And, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with our background, the culture. And I love that I was given this opportunity for exposure. So while winning the game was important to me, I came in there with other opportunities and I respect the game entirely and I wanted to win and I was working very hard for it, but I had other objectives and other things I wanted to stay true to. And I'm so happy because the comments and the love and the support I get from the Arab community just you know makes my heart explode because some of the things I've gotten from parents about what I did for their children and the role model aspect like just means the world to me. And this is why it's so hard for me to just jump right back into my legal career because the messages I received and the lives I touched, I, it's addicting to me and I can't stop. And I just want to keep putting that good out there. Yeah. And that, and that's really good, especially because, you know, Pharaoh mentioned, you know, you're only uh, essentially you'd be the, I think the third uh, Arabic man to even play yes. Big Brother. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's, it's crazy that that's just that large of a gap, you know? So hopefully that's something that can be, you know, implemented more. Um, I, I did want to speak about uh, uh, that man, Kyle. Um, you know, the one, one of the bigger things of the season, you know, was, you know, kind of the mindset that he felt like all of the POC were forming against each other. You know, seeing is you got out during a dire fest and, you know, some of the reason as to why you were being targeted did kind of have to go into essentially you being a person of color, you know, leaving the game and seeing that. Um, how did how does that kind of affect you as a person? And have you had that conversation with Kyle directly yourself? I have. So Kyle and I had a lot of productive conversations in jury. Like, so um, unfortunately, this wouldn't be the first instance which a situation like this has occurred in my lifetime. Like, you know, um, I'm especially with my my father who growing up, you know, did, came to the country, didn't speak English, you know, wasn't familiar with the culture um, and, you know, faced his adversities because of it. And then, you know, as a as the first generation to be raised here in America, like, you know, we had our hiccups because of that. So unfortunately, I wasn't unfamiliar with this, which is why I took this as an opportunity for growth and to be receptive to the situation and change someone's perspective rather than respond with, you know, hatred or, you know, um, just basically I took this as an opportunity to change someone's perspective. And Kyle was so receptive to that in the jury, which is all I can ask for. Um, I mean, is it upsetting that that's the reality of the situation? Um, yes, but, you know, of course, I still have to watch the show and digest everything that's happened. But from what I've, I've experienced is the reason some people ask me how, why I handled it with so much patience and care. And is because, unfortunately, this this is something I'm very used to. Mm -hmm. So I, I found a receptive and productive approach to be so much more, you know, conducive and productive rather than responding with more hatred so mm -hmm. um in in school in social settings like this wouldn't be the first time you know because i'm a person of color that you know that's affected an opportunity or an outcome and you know kyle was so receptive to that conversation that we had and why it is the feelings that were felt occurred mm -hmm. and um that's all i can ask is you know for accountability for change and for a productive step forward and that's all i want exactly mm -hmm. yeah i think and then you know i feel like i the definitely the mature approach in the situation i think would be the right call because he's clearly you know not the most aware 
of I guess, the things that he was saying. So I definitely understand that. Um, I also kind of, because, you know, we didn't get much of the jury. There was a big gap for some reason. Everybody was mm-hmm. like, is the jury still alive? We yeah. were confused. <laughs> but, I can't wait to see. <laughs> no, like, they do not show you. I show y'all once, you, Indy, and Jasmine, and then we don't see y'all for, like, episodes. Like, Until the finale. Yeah, basically. Like, literally. But um, oh we I, I do want to know kind of like, so when the information of how it was kind of um, exposed, kind of like when Michael came in and he said his part um, and then Kyle came in and said his part, I, I kind of want to know, like, how did that kind of affect the, the jury as a whole and essentially even potentially maybe um, the decision for the potential winner with the people left in the game? Like, did, did that kind of like change any perspectives or affect any decisions? Um, absolutely. So I can't speak for the other house guests, but for me personally, when the information from my legal background, I always know there's two sides to a story. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I think I make it very clear. I I do not like to give an opinion until I've, um, digested everything. So that's why when Kyle initially came and there's other names being involved, I want to speak to other people. So I honestly keep my opinions to myself, move with, you know, generalized productive conversations until I have the full picture, which to be honest, there's always every side has a story then you know obviously i'm gonna watch everything and then see how it all played out but um i I don't think i I mean i think i was a little i was pretty receptive to what occurred i don't think it really what affected me in terms of the game because at this point like i'm definitely picking Hi, I'm, all, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, my uncle just came. It's okay. <laughs> I was like, um, so I, um, at this point when that occurred, like, you know, I, I really didn't care from the game aspect. I think one thing I can definitely say is there's a time and place for everything, even in Big Brother. So there's moments where, like, I, I don't really, and I respect the game, but I don't care. for there's At the end of the day, there's human beings in here. For example, like, if we're playing basketball and someone gets hurt, you pause the game and you address this. So, as Big Brother is a social game, when there's a social aspect, like the front door is open. I'm all, from the big. So for Big Brother, when a social, you know, when a social complication occurs, I think there is a time to stop and address it because, you know, we, we're on a national platform and lives do get affected by these conversations. So from the game standpoint, I kind of paused that to address this. And um, going forward, I don't know how much it played as an influence to do that because ultimately, me personally, I think with or without that occurrence, like the winner was going to be the winner. Um, yeah. So I, 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 I'm not going to, in no way, shape, or form should that win be invalidated. And um, that's because, you know, as a social game in life, it's unpredictable. So every aspect is, you know, a variable. And, you know, whether, some people weight things harder than others. Like who? And I, I was, Taylor Hale was going to win that game, so I I don't know if other house guests wanted to, based on the controversy, swing at that aspect. But I don't think whether they did or not, that was going to change who won. Mm-hmm. And like speaking of that controversy a little bit, like throughout the game, you had a lot of people gravitating towards you as friends. You had Indy, Jasmine, Monty, all of these people were um, kind of gravitating towards you. I mean, shoot, I would be too. But, um, <laughs> I'll, yeah, you know, I, Taylor... I definitely love that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Taylor ends up winning the game. She ends up winning the money. She wins America's Favorite Player. You guys leave the house, and now you kind of have a 
better understanding of everything that actually was going on, a lot of the comments that were said, et cetera, et cetera. Um, how has like that affected your relationships with your fellow house guests? Like, do you feel like there's anyone in particular, or you don't have to say names, but do you feel like your relationship with other house guests has been negatively affected, positively, positively affected? How do you feel about that? So uh, my opinion is obviously, unless it was a comment about me, if it affected Taylor, I'm here to support her in any way I can. So mm -hmm. a lot of these relationships are between these house guests and Taylor, and I'm there to support her. Fortunately, Taylor is so emotionally mature and so respectable in how she addresses it. She always tells me like, I never want to influence your decision with other house guests. I will never step in between your relationship with them. Of course, I do take into consideration as Taylor, who's someone so important to me as, you know, the things that were said and the way people treat her, it is, you know, something that I definitely weigh in relationships I want to maintain and how I want to continue. But I also am someone who's very receptive to change, positivity, and someone who takes the right step and someone who's willing to take the right step in the right direction. So, um, and I've said this before, I definitely want to reinforce positive behavior and positive change. So my relationship with everyone, I don't want to say is simply contingent on Taylor's relationship with them because we're two individual people. Mm -hmm. But us being as close as we are, there are heavy influences on, you know, how someone treats her and my reaction and vice versa. So ultimately, Taylor and I have respected that we're going to maintain and have the relationships we choose to have with people. Taylor might be more forgiving than me in some circumstances. And alternatively, I might be more forgiving than Taylor in some circumstances. But I definitely as someone who, you know, I hold the people who are important to me very close. I do take her feelings and her relationships with other house guests into heavy consideration to how I would move forward. Okay. Yeah, no, because I remember I saw that that Instagram live when you saw the uh, the blow up, and you was like, "Can you can you mute this real quick?" Yeah. And I was like, hey, oh, Joseph is not yeah, having yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really wasn't. Um, and that's because you know a lot of that. One, I wanted to also apologize to her because like I, I, I just I don't know. I felt bad. Like I felt if I was there in the moment, like you know maybe I could have done something. Maybe I could have changed something. You know, those first two weeks of the house, I felt like. I should have been a little bit more perceptive, a little bit more opening. Like, you know, at the end of the day, there's no excuse. And I did feel some sort of guilt. So along as well as me sharing my thoughts with her, you know, a lot of things me and Taylor do try to keep private and we do have our personal conversations, which those were one of them. And not, I, I think I've said this previously, I don't want to have any conversations that, you know, promote negativity or hostility to anyone. So that's another reason I wanted to mute the live and just have yeah. an open dialogue with her so she could feel comfortable, so she could feel supported. And, you know, there was no influence from either of us on how we address the situation because we were watching it live. Mm -hmm. She felt very comfortable to do so. Um, and of course, I'm going to support her and her decision. So um, in, in doing that, you know, I wanted to have a private conversation so she didn't feel any stress in what we were talking about and check in on her and share my thoughts. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I also, I wanted to touch on the fact that, cause you know, once you, once you were evicted, um, a lot of things were said kind of uh, about you to Taylor to try to make her, I guess, distrust whatever relationship personally or game wise that you guys have. Um, I, I, I kind of wanted to say, um, did y'all kind of work through those, those oh. lies basically? <laughs> so not the, we didn't work through the specifics because honestly, um, I, I can work with the generalized knowledge that mm -hmm. there was some exaggeration and 
there was a false narrative relatively pushed. Like obviously in the yard to some extent, I had to distance myself from Taylor and Monty because that was the concern, was my relationship with them. So whether I think if it was truly believed that I didn't care for either of them and I was willing to throw them under the bus, I think I would have went back in that house and worked with them if that was the true narrative. Mm -hmm. But um, ultimately, I don't think that distance pitch worked. Obviously, it was very clear that this pitch is only occurring once it's my relationship about them is exposed, how close I am to them is exposed. Like, and then I have no choice but to try and undermine some aspect of that relationship. And even in doing so, none of the information I provided was stuff they didn't already know. Mm -hmm. It was stuff that I'm not sure if the live feed is playing it, but it's stuff that I'm getting questioned about um, whether like, how am I going to handle this situation? Like, for example, something Terrence asked me was, you know, Michael, Brittany, and Taylor are so close and they're locked in. Like, how do I know you don't join those four? What am I going to tell him? Yeah, no, don't. I'm going to join those four and send you home. Like, mm -hmm. like come on. <laughs> so um, there, there was a lot of dialogue like that, which would then lead me being to, you know, I have to distance myself. Um, and then even leaving, I think making it clear, you know, I shared, guys, please. And you can see from my exit interviews and my... Um, conversation with julie in the in my actual conversation with julie when she's like who are you rooting for i thought monty's game was the most at risk because i had a huge feeling he was the one going home um mm -hmm. uh, from big bro Cella at the time i thought he was the target so he's the most one in that moment although i'm equally rooting for him and taylor until i start to really digest and comprehend the game I'm equally rooting for both of them, but I thought Monty's game was most at risk, which is why I was like prioritizing him in that initial moment. Because mm -hmm. obviously five minutes before my conversation with Julie, I hear let's go to war, which, you know, is a play on Monty and I's relationship. So exactly. that's why I thought he was at the highest risk. Um, and obviously as I sat through jury, I digested everything. I got clips and videos of what was going on in the house. Um, Taylor's resilience, Taylor's hard work, Taylor's social game that really, really highlighted to me when I was in the yard, you know, I faced some isolation, I faced some difficulties. Um, and in no way would I relate what I experienced to her, but in some aspect, I felt like I could. And mm -hmm. I had so much more respect for her game because I was like two weeks of this, you have me and I'm sorry for lack of better words, fucked up because I did one week in Direfest and I, I I don't even think it was as bad as what she went through. And mm -hmm. I was like, you got me bent doing that another week. Evict my ass. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, um, I, I really took that in a lot in jury and me watching her, you know, from jury do those competitions work so hard, you know, go from the bottom of the house to the top, just so much respect resonated with her. And, um, I gave a lot of credit to the fact that she was working alone majority of the time versus other house guests always had their number two or their person with them. And she was always on the outskirts initially and she completely turned the wave. And I said this on the round table and I'll set it again. Big brother is a social game and that's where the most points and my vote will fall is whoever played the best one. Period. Period. <laughs> yeah. right, period for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so um now um that everything's over, you're done, you're back home. What are the plans for your future, Joseph? Like, is are we, do we see a the challenge USA? 
we heard you talking about the amazing race. Do we see oh my God. Survivor? I, I, love, I don't know. Oh my God. Yes. I would love nothing more. Um, I definitely want to do more, um, you know, televised opportunities. I'm so new to all of this, you know, being, <laughs> uh, like I said, one of the reasons, like there is a, there's a lot of difficulties getting on you know, media opportunities as a Middle Eastern or Arab man, like you don't see it often. So I'm definitely trying to navigate this. This is a new world. Please, if anybody can offer assistance, I would really love it. Um, I would love to do more. I'm still, you know, a lot, a huge reason I came home is to manage my legal career a little bit and stabilize that since I kind of just disappeared for four months. Um, but, you know, I plan to go back to LA. Like I'm going to be, you know, meeting my amazing Canadian fans soon on December 21st and the 22nd. And um, I just want to maintain this momentum. I want to keep touching lives. I want to keep making a difference. I want to keep pushing positivity. Um, if, if people consider me a role model, I want to live up to that. If I'm making a community proud, um, you know, I want to keep doing that. And um, whether it's any community. Um, and I would love the opportunity for more interviews with, you know, people of color. It just, I think Taylor tweeted something like that. I thought it was an amazing, great idea. I'm trying to set something up so people can contact me because, I promise I'm not ignoring anyone. I really do try to respond to even every fan message I get. Like mm. any, um, like I see the R, I see everything. Guys, please just give me time or anybody who's asking mm. for interviews. I promise I'm willing to do it. But, um, you know, it's just been really difficult navigating this. And obviously my family is like, <laughs> <laughs> just like you saw my dad, like he's literally like, he was literally standing there trying to record everything. And he has no idea what's doing. He just thinks it's crazy that I'm getting interviewed. So <laughs> yeah, like, he can, he cannot comprehend this concept. So he's like, literally, he's so confused. And, um, just, I would definitely say navigating this does have its difficulties, but I'm so mm -hmm. hopeful. I have an amazing support system. So I definitely want to get through it while also managing my legal career. I'm going to find some way to overlap it. I'm very hopeful mm -hmm. for the opportunities that await. That's we love a businessman. We love to sure. see that. And like uh, speaking of navigating it, like what I heard from Taylor was like she she did have a lot of support from like the cookout people from last season. And we see you on social media with them. And I don't know. One thing I like about this new era of Big Brother is we see kind of a community in the Big Brother you know, world. And I just wanted to ask you how you feel about that. Like when you came out of the house. Um, they were, you know, we see you with them too. So does it feel like a community now? Do you feel like these are people who you can be with forever? Oh, How do you feel about I, it? Absolutely. Hilariously, like just because we bonded so much in the last couple of days and they've been so supportive and offered me so much advice. Honestly, Big Brother 23 and Todrick have been, every single one of them in every mm -hmm. aspect have been so loving, so welcoming, and so supportive that it makes me so proud to be a part of this alumni network. Like, I I'm honored. I'm I'm privileged and I'm proud to have gotten to know these people to have these people care about me so much like, you know, them watching me. It's so funny because like, although I've just met them, but me watching the previous seasons along with them watching me this season, like we, we know each other. So although the timing mm -hmm. is short, the bond and the relationships are there. And they've been nothing but so supportive. And I'm so appreciative. I tell them all the time, like, I swear being an alternate, which was like a huge decision to say yes to, and then saying a yes again to go into the house would be a de decision I'm going to cherish for the rest of my life. And a lot of it has to do with the people and the relationships I was able to build. Perfect. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. 
Thank you, Joseph, Thank you. for spending time with us, for speaking to us for this amount of time. We are so grateful. It's late out there. I'll let you and your dad you know, do what y'all do. Do oh what y'all do. Do whatever. My dad, my uncle, like they're all like, <laughs> with their phones, like. <laughs> trying to tell him to lower the music with my eyes and i know he's like i'm gonna play it higher like uh, hilarious. Oh God, thank you so much but no seriously uh -huh. thank you guys for taking the time to bring me on here to hear my perspective and to interview me i really do appreciate it you both are amazing you lived up to everything i thought it would be. <laughs> thank you so much it was a great interview no, th yeah. thank you so much because you know you guys, you know, using your platforms to come on these uh, smaller uh, uh, people of color channels like Black Podcasts and things like that is it's really great because you know we didn't really have that support prior season, so it's just beautiful that mm -hmm. we see the rep we, we see the representation on TV, and then you guys are coming out and wanting to interview with us. So it, it definitely it means down. a lot. Oh, that that shit changes today. If you guys have any more that you recommend, please send them my way. Like I would love to do a follow up mm -hmm. interview once there if there's anything you guys want to ask me. Please reach out. I want nothing more but to support platforms like this one. So please send them my way. Please find a way. I plan to set up a contact method. So if you guys have mm -hmm. any recommendations, love you both. So I, I'm I'm so open-minded and receptive to doing more uh, interviews like this one. Period. I know that's we'll right. Definitely let the people know. All right, y'all. <laughs> appreciate you guys. All right, y'all. That was Joseph Daddy Abden. <laughs> um, coming to you live. Thank you so much. I love y'all. All right. Bye, everybody. Peace. Much